Essential Self-Care Podcast, a podcast for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. In this podcast, you will hear real-life stories from people who leaned into their self-care as they were navigating life's storms. You'll learn practical tips, tools, and strategies to incorporate self-care into your own busy life as well. You'll hear from expert guests sharing their expertise on specific tools and modalities of self-care to optimize your well-being in your life, career, and relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I am a physician, best-selling author, and founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide high-achieving women to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again through major life transitions. Quick disclaimer before we dive into the episode, please know that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own health practitioner or mental health provider for your specific situation. Now, let's get started. So excited to invite a dear friend of mine to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Dr. Erin Wiseman is a family physician who focuses on whole person care serving in rural Indiana. She is the host of the Dr. Me First podcast, founder of the Burnt Out to Badass Coaching Program, which by the way, Dr. Wiseman, I did not have the little explicit thing on this podcast you know how you have to like say if it's explicit and, and the language that we use. And I realized I need to change that starting probably with today's episode. Uh, she is passionate about helping people who are experiencing burnout to transform their lives and practice into a joy-filled, sustainable career that they love. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Dr. Wiseman. Hey, badass friend. I'm just going to start it out. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know who I'm having on the show today, so I need to update that on my podcast. Uh, so there will great. be f bombs <laughs> if anyone has little ears in the car. Right. Let's just lay it out there now. <laughs> so a really great story, actually. Doctor Wiseman have and I have known each other for years, and. Your podcast was the first podcast that I ever did, that I was ever a guest on. And this was in, we recorded it in December 2018. I think it got released maybe like a month or two later. Um, but it was the first time I was ever on a podcast. And I remember I was so nervous. But of you course, were you, so made, nervous. You, made me, you made me feel so comfortable though, but I was so nervous. And it was one of those things like, you know, you had like put this post out there of, of, you know, I have this new podcast, I'm looking for guests. And it was one of those like, I am so scared, but I am going to do it anyways. And I responded to your post and it was so great. And we have become such good friends. And my friend, you have been there for me during some of the hardest times in my life. And um, and I'm just so, so honored to have you on the show today. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and for being oh, you, friend, just for being you. It's amazing to have walked with you through this journey and through the years. And I'm so glad that you said yes to that podcast invitation way back when. We've been travel buddies. We've been, oh, COVID, you know, we did phone calls to check in on each other with all the shit that was happening. Um, 
the listeners just need to know, like, this is more than just like the typical podcast interview. This is us just like vibing together today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm excited to dive into the topic today. Dr. Wiseman is going to share her expertise on something called green care, which I am so excited to dive into with you. And I'm so excited to hear more about, yes, the science behind it, and also, though, your journey with it, because you've been living this and you've been doing this. And I'm so excited to hear about it. So tell us, let's just start by like, what is green care? Can you tell us that? Well, I didn't realize that I was doing green care until I kind of got on and started Googling and, and, you know, trying to find a name for the thing that I knew that has been so essential and so helpful for me over the past couple of years. And then I stumbled across multiple research studies for which what I do, they're calling green care. So green care includes like therapeutic, social, educational interventions that involves farming, farm animals, gardening, contact with nature. So if you think like farm to table things, or or you think about agrotourism, or um, hobby farming, those are would all be things under that. Other things you can think about would be like equine assisted therapies, you know, they do that a lot with children with autism, or maybe physical limitations. And I think that in America, that's where we're most familiar with this type of care. But it goes like so far beyond that. Community gardens can be considered like therapeutic horticulture, um, porch gardens. You know, people during COVID started planting and having gardens and plants. Those are all examples of green care. And so green care can happen in any setting where there's interactions with plants and animals. But what I have specifically found in the therapeutic benefits for me have been on the farm. So I'm in rural southwestern Indiana. Um, in my county, we have like just under uh, 11,000 people. So there's like more cornfields and cows than people where I live. Um, farming and gardening have been a part of my life um, since I was um, a really small child. I was in 4-H. I love doing that. But then when I got into medicine, like med school, residency, like it, it was, I was too busy. Like I lost that part of myself. Then I had kids and like, it was just like too much to even think about doing the landscape outside. But there would be small moments when I was able to like go prune some roses or like put some landscaping rock down. And I like just felt better. And then I read a couple different books about how much, um, you know, cause I'm deep, I'm a burnout expert. Um, and so getting into nature was huge for me. And I started ho hosting um, these women in nature badass retreats. And I knew like it made me feel better to get out and go hiking and camping and like get dirt under my nails. Um, and again, at the time, I didn't know what I was really doing if there was scientific data behind it. Well, when we moved from our kind of um, neighborhood house, to actual Wiseman farms, I desperately wanted to get alpaca. I had always loved them. I like kept every article about alpaca farms in Indiana. Um, and, and so that was like one of my weird quirky things. And so we got into alpaca. I rescued some actually from Tennessee and I have an alpaca mentor. His name is Mike here in Indiana. And I call him and text him whenever I have any problems or questions. 
Um, and then I added some chickens and we got a whole bunch of cats and another dog. Um, I have guinea fowl. And then here recently I had four boy alpacas. I just got four girl alpacas as well. So we are now wow. a herd of eight. And there's something about like going out, feeding them, watering them, interacting with them. Of course, I have to clean up their poop, um, reading about them and like their health. Every month I do herd health, which is pretty much like a doctor checkup on the animals. But I just knew as I was in a new job, um, having family stress, there was something about going out for me and putting my boots on. And getting outside with my critters and we planted a garden this last year that was like better than any SSRI they had taken. And like I said, it's been in the last couple of months that I was trying to find the like words for this. Like I said, I was like, is it agritourism? Is it hobby farming? And then I came across some research articles where they're calling it green therapy or green care. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm doing that. And I have been doing it for like years without like actually naming it. I love that. There's so much and we'll dive into some of that, that science too. But there's so much that you shared already that I want to just reflect a bit on. I mean, I love that you said, you know, early on just that this was all essential, right? The the premise yes. of the show is essential self-care. Like it is essential. And, you know, just intuitively, like it seems like just kind of deep down in in your soul, like you just knew that this was good for you and that you, this made you feel good. Right. And so, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the science, but like for our listeners, if there's something that just like deep down in your soul feels good to you, just listen to that. Follow that. Like just do it. Yeah, exactly. Because Um, like for me, I had done, I had done the like yoga class and the meditation courses and like tried to go get pedicures and facials and like, it just didn't really hit. And it was when I started going with a friend to a local forest and we would um, trail run and hike and have great conversation. That felt like so much better than any of the like typical like self-care things for me. And and I didn't really even know at the time that it was self-care. I just knew like on Sundays when we went and did that, I felt on top of the world. And it was what got me ready for the rest of the week. And so, yeah, I think I kind of like came through the back door on this, not realizing that I was actually doing a self-care technique that has the data and everything behind it. I I just leaned into what feels good. And I think in a loud world with all the Instagram, you know, all the stuff, um, for me, pairing motion into these activities, into these interactions makes a huge difference. Movement and motion is huge for me as well. I agree. And, you know, just like what you said, I love that you pointed out that kind of those sort of typical what we think of self-care things just weren't cutting it. And you realize that this other thing that you didn't typically think of as self-care is what helped you the most. And like a couple things with that. One is just tuning into your own energy and how you feel and honoring that and saying that like this is okay and it's okay to do this. Um, And it's okay to maybe not do those quote unquote typical self-care things. You know, I'm a certified yoga instructor. So yes, of course, I'm a big proponent of yoga. And at the same time, there's times in my life where it was like, I cannot do yoga. Like I needed to go. There was times in my life where it was like, 
I do not need to sit on a yoga mat. I need to go to kickboxing. Or I do not need to sit on a yoga mat. I need to go train for a marathon and get lost in the woods. And that's what I needed, you know? And I think just knowing that that's okay and that honoring what self-care looks like for you and that that can be different than what society portrays self-care to be or what your friends are doing or other family members. Um, So I loved that as well. I also loved that you shared that you realized that this is something with regards to green care and, and being in nature and farming and taking care of animals. All of this was were things that you enjoyed and did when you were younger and then just kind of lost along the way. I feel like that happens to so many of us. Just life gets, I don't know, busy or other expectations. Right. And so then we like lose that and we lose that sense of um, who we once were and the things that we enjoyed and allowing ourselves to play and giving ourselves permission for that. And that's you know, the biggest thing that people who come out of my Reclaim Your Radiance program say is that they've rediscovered parts of themselves that they had forgotten about. And so then there's this renewed sense of joy and peace and calm and happiness and wonder and awe with the world again, which is just so beautiful. So um, I just love hearing you describe all of your animals, your alpacas, and how you're caring for them. It just puts a big smile on my face. And I'll share with you, um, Erin, as well. I joined a community garden. It's been a year and a half now. And that has been so revitalizing for me as well, just like going to the garden, um, you know, planting my plants, tending to them, going and watering them, seeing them grow, just the whole process has been so beautiful. energizing for me as well and healing and nurturing for me as well. And so, you know, even if you do not live in an area where you can, you know, have a farm or um, raise alpacas, like knowing that there are things uh, in urban areas as well, things like community gardens, or um, and I know we're going to dive into some other sort of tips of how how our listeners can start to integrate this into their da- daily life, no matter where they live. Um, but I guess before we do that, you did mention some of the science. So tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah. So the there's a really great um, review. It's called Green Care, a review on the benefits and potential of animal-assisted care farming globally and in rural America. So it's got a lot of different re- um, resources. It came out of George Mason University in Virginia. So um, again, you know, studying rural and, and getting all of that. In Europe, this has been like formally recognized forever um, and they've been doing it. But in the United States, it's one of those that I think we've been doing it, but we haven't been studying it. You know, there's been a lot of like, um, like I said, agrotourism, but that was more from the perspective of business rather than therapeutic interventions for folks to get them um, in a different way. But what's been shown is that um, farm animals, when people are interacting with them and caring for the animals, it really does show promotes well-being for mental, physical, and even educational problems in children. The interaction and caring for the the animals also demonstrates an improvement in depression and other aspects of health when they looked at both adults and children with it as well. And and one of the big things I hear just 
non-research, but when people come to the farm and do my badass retreat, like they just say they like feel lighter, that they can breathe. They have experiences with the animals that they may likely never have had in their life. So like they also looked in the different versus like spontaneous in or organic interactions. And they say the combination of both of those um, really hits on many areas of needs that people have, like social needs, therapeutic needs, even like motivational needs um, that they, they don't always get. When it comes to like plants, a lot of times, you know, plants and animals kind of go together, but talking about like your community garden, it has shown to help patients um, regain and learn skills important to normal functioning. It's been used in cognitive and occupational therapy. It helps improve memory, balance, coordination, attention, and problem solving. Because, you know, there is a little bit of that, like, oh, if I plant tomato A here, where do I need the space to, you know, to plant B over there? And like, oh, this looks like this kind of bug. What, What do I need to do to help my plant and that sort of thing? And so, like... The promotion of introducing these things in school settings, um, in office settings, um, in communities is like super important. There's more benefits that go on and talk about like behavioral issues in children and teens, um, about getting them onto the farm, um, how much that can improve them. And so, again, like nonchalantly, I didn't realize this, but my medical assistant, she has uh, six kids. They live in town. Um, but a couple, three of her boys have actually started to come to the farm and do farm work and stuff. And they're going to do 4-H. We have eight alpaca. I only have three kids. So I got extra. And so they're going to take a, an alpaca or two to the 4-H fair. And, and that includes like all the benefits kids get from 4-H, you know, and um, it helps with confidence. It helps um, it helps with social anxiety. Because like when you have an animal with you, you're focused on the animal. Um, you don't have to worry about all the people around you. Um, I work in an FQHC, and so we do a lot of mental health in addition to um, physical medicine. But just there's just so much behind how nature, animals, plants really helps balance those mental health needs as well. And and what I like to tell people too is like this is a four season thing. There's things that I absolutely love about the winter time. You know, there's no bugs, there's no snakes. You can typically see for far spaces because the leaves aren't blocking view versus like in the summertime when like everything is green and, and just like blooming and growing and, and all of that. And so it does, like you were talking about it, there's something really rooting. Um, for my chickens, I raise them from eggs, incubate them, care for them all the way up through adulthood, and then they lay new eggs. So it's like that whole circle of life, you know, a little bit of Buddhism in there as well about the renewal and relaxation. And so it's just, I, I don't I think love there's that. too many You've downsides. You've so much. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you've shared so many different levels and layers of the benefits to this, you know, on the emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, like just so many layers of it. And I agree with you, like the the problem solving, like the community garden since joining, I just every season I'm like, oh, this is just like a fun experiment. And of course that's like, you know, the science, the science person in me, of course, I'm like, this is such a fun experiment. I'm just going to kind of see, you know, how things work, spacing it this way, or, you know, trying these, mm-hmm. you know, uh, group of plants. And 
just like you said, it definitely is a four season thing, which I didn't realize until I joined the community garden that there's certain plants that, you know, um, where I live here in Virginia that I can, you know, plant, you know, in October to grow through the winter or, you know, okay, now it's time in the spring, you know, March, April to start thinking about my spring garden. And um, it's just so much fun in that way. And, you know, I've also studied Ayurveda, you know, this arid. And so, Ayurveda is all about connecting with nature because Ayurveda says, Ayurveda, for, for our listeners who may not be familiar, is the ancient medical system of India. It gives you such a beautiful framework for self-care and lifestyle habits and routines, just really holistic practices. The essential premise of it, though, is that we as individuals, as human beings, are a microcosm of the macrocosm of nature herself. And so really, when you really get down to it, it is all about our connection to nature, that everything that exists within nature also exists within us. And so as much as we can continue to connect with nature, that is, yes, grounding, yes, rooting, and just overall healing and balancing for us. And there's so much research, just like what you mentioned, as well as research into like circadian rhythms and things like that. So there is so much now in, in modern science that is backing all of this up. But um but ultimately, you know, something else I'll say is that most of us in our really just generally how society and culture is now, just very fast paced, so focused on productivity, there is for most of us an imbalance in this vata energy, which is the energy of air and ether. And so what helps balance that is more grounding activities. So spending time on you know, grounding to the earth, grounding to water and, you know, the trees and nature. And so all of that can be really, really balancing without getting into much more detail for today's episode, just being mindful of, of time. And I want to, I want us to be able to share a few more resources for our listeners as well. So specifically, we mentioned a couple ways how listeners could get involved and begin to integrate this into their life. But do you have any other sort of maybe kind of small and easy ways or tips that any listener who may be um, tuning in right now, who's like, hi, I kind of want to try this, but I'm not ready to take on buy an alpaca. alpaca or chickens. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can I get started? <laughs> well, of course you can go borrow someone else's. Um, it's very rare that you can't find a farm or a farm adjacent business that's close to you. So I would highly encourage you like, yeah, go, go find somebody. You don't have to own it to still get the therapeutic benefits, but find somewhere to go to visit, to get your hands a little dirty um, and try some things out. Cause again, you need to like, you know, do your science, a science specific um, experiment on yourself and see like, is this what I even want to do? Um, so that's the first thing I would say. The next thing is just start really simple. Go buy yourself like a little aloe plant, you know, get a really cute pot for it, learn about it, how you're supposed to water it, you know, that sort of thing. There's so much information on the, the internet, um, figure out where it, does, it flourishes best, you know, is it in this window or that window? Um, I'm a very like touchy feely person. So I like squeeze on them a little bit, see how juicy they are, you know, all of that sort of thing. Go get yourself something really easy to take care of. That's a part of nature. If you're afraid of killing things, um, go get a small bag of rocks at like Home Depot, Lowe's, you know, local, local store, something like that. Take your rocks, put them in your pocket, 
and then go out into nature and put them different places. And then what you do next is you just go out and visit them, see how they're doing out there. Maybe there's bugs on them now. Maybe they're growing moss, you know, super simple things like that. Um, getting out. Oh, I love that. Uh, finding a trail somewhere that you can walk and that you enjoy. You don't need to fucking climb a mountain or go on a 15 mile hike one day. You can simply just go for a stroll and that counts. I know us high achieving recovering perfectionists thinks there needs to be a purpose, but if you're not looking around and enjoying your surroundings, then what are you doing this for? Right? Um, it does not have to be productive whatsoever. Um, and so those are my Absolutely. big tips oh my to just like that can see. be such a big mindset shift, right? That I can do something and it doesn't have to be quote unquote productive, which actually there's a lot of research as well about how doing things like this and resting and taking breaks is actually the most productive thing you can do. But I know that can be a huge mindset shift too. And I also like the idea that you brought up in all these examples that I just want to mention here as we're starting to wrap up, which is to, you know, when you go on that stroll or when you buy that aloe plant or when you place those rocks out um, outside, you know, really think about maybe engaging all of your senses. What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Right? All Engaging all of your senses can be really powerful um, in that experience as well. So this has been such a wonderful conversation, Dr. Wiseman. Where can our listeners learn more about you and the wonderful work that you're doing and your podcast? All the shit. Just Google my name, Aaron with two R's, and Wiseman is We Is Man. I'm a DO, so if you throw that on there as well, you'll find a whole bunch of stuff about me. But I am mostly on Instagram is where I like to hang out. So send me a message. That's where I post a lot of the farm pictures at, and the kids doing stuff and that sort of thing these days. Um, and let me know. Let me know how you've interacted with nature or some animals. Um, I'd love to hear about it. If you want to listen to my pod podcast, come over to Dr. Me First. I also have one that's called Burnt Out to Badass, where we talk about all things burnout and recovery from that. Um, but really more than anything, I would just say like reach out. I love having conversations and making connections to folks. And maybe sometimes you need to come to Indiana and hang out with me on the farm. I plan to do that. And I will include all of your links in the show notes below. Thanks again for being here. Thank you, friend. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Essential Self-Care Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Download it today.